A very special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Cabot Creamery. Peanut butter and jelly. Grilled cheese. Pastrami. Tuna salad. The Sandwich Universe. Welcome back, everyone, to The Sandwich Universe, where everything is a sandwich. And a sandwich is absolutely everything. I'm Declan Bond. I'm a professional eater, sandwich enthusiast, and honestly, just representing the civilian class here in The Sandwich Universe, learning about 10 iconic sandwiches from the United States. And I'm Molly Boss. I am a professional chef. I'm also a cookbook author, recipe developer, and I'm here kind of representing the pros and here to try and help you level up your sandwich game. So this episode is all about a very humble sandwich, a sandwich that I think we all know some of us love um, and is maybe the sandwich that is made the most frequently in the home kitchen, maybe. And that is the turkey sandwich. It is like one of those sandwiches that you feel like is so ubiquitous, but it's not like one that you order often. It's not one that you, like you said, it's kind of humble. It has this like, you know, uh, very mild flavors usually. Dare we say boring? <laughs> yeah, maybe it is just boring AF. It's a little bit boring <laughs> snores. Um, and so I think that our mission's pretty clear here today. Let's make a bomb.com turkey sandwich because it doesn't need to be boring. Turkey is kind of bland. Um, even the best turkey is kind of bland, but that doesn't mean the whole sandwich needs to be that way. And I think we have the tools to make a really bomb turkey sandwich. Yes. I want to set some parameters first, though, and just say that this is not the Turkey Club episode. And we thought about doing a Turkey Club episode. And then we thought, is anyone actually making Turkey Clubs at home? And isn't that really just a BLT with Turkey on it? We already did the BLT episode. And wouldn't it probably serve our listeners better to try and find our way towards a really delicious, just straight up turkey sandwich that doesn't require sizzling bacon? And so that's what we're going to do. I do want to pick up on, you know, the fact that you mentioned turkey is is pretty bland. And that's like the kind of thing of it. It's got this like salt watery, but just very mild character. And I think the name of the game is how do you like build something, you know, with the base as as mild and bland and and simple and humble uh, as that and yet come out the other side with something that really uh, is craveable, desirable, delicious. And maybe even how do we lean into that blandness and that neutrality mm -hmm. as a as a foil for some of the other bolder flavors? Like let let's play yeah. into that part and let that be yeah. a strength and not a weakness. There's another thing about turkey that I feel like most meats don't have, uh, which is there's a kind of because of the like simplicity of the flavor, it's it has and also when it's really cold, it has this like freshness to it. Like mm. most meats I wouldn't think to describe as like fresh, but somehow like cold deli turkey meat has a kind it's refreshing. of refreshing like cooling it is. refreshingness. Yeah. It's clean. It's really clean. And sometimes mm. that's what you want in a sandwich. So, all right. Well, shall we define it? Is there a definition for it? 
Do you have the Wikipedia page up, actually? I just have the club sandwich page where the club sandwich apparently originated in New York at Union Club of New York City. I don't know if there is an origin story to the turkey sandwich. No, it feels like it, it feels like it's like it's like the club without the bacon that someone started making at home because they were like, I'm too lazy to make the bacon. And so it's like there isn't this like iconic starting point for the history of the turkey sandwich or at least not one that we can trace. It's also a very American sandwich, it feels. Yeah. And maybe that's because America, like the United States, at least we produce a lot of turkey. I I looked up a stat on this. And according to the National Turkey Federation, so they're obviously biased, probably fluffing these numbers, but it was tallied at, in 2020, 224 million birds raised, equaling 7.3 billion pounds of turkey. That's a fuck ton of turkey, but my question for you (laughs) is... How many of those billion pounds are consumed on one single day of the year? I thought you'd never ask. So, well, <laughs> on wait, on one single day, I don't know. But I, I also, if you just search turkey consumption U.S., Google will tell you that 16 pounds of turkey per person were consumed in the U.S. Annually. Okay, so that, that makes me believe that people are messing around with turkey a lot more than just on Thanksgiving because ain't nobody eating 16 pounds in one, <laughs> in one sitting, even considering like leftovers the next day. Maybe like we're maybe netting out at three quarters of a pound to one pound of meat per person. Thanksgiving included. So the rest of the year, there's another 15 pounds. That's almost a pound a month. Right. So that's if you figure there's a quarter pound of meat uh, on every sandwich. People are eating on average four turkey sandwiches a month, once a week. Once a week. So what is that per day? I don't know. You do the math. Uh, (laughs) One one thirtieth. No, one. Don't make me do the math. Come on, man. (laughs) It's not my strong suit. One last fun fact. I did my traditional Florida man search and the Miami Herald reports that a Florida man was arrested after a fight. A turkey sandwich was his weapon, cops say. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So like he was attacking someone with a turkey sandwich. Yes. He used it out of the weapon. Wrong sandwich to use. Like probably would have grabbed an Italian. Yeah, I was gonna say the Italian is no something like heftier. Or like a ham and cheese on a baguette. That's actually a weapon. (laughs) But okay, you know, use what you got. Use what you got. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll answer some questions and try to get to the bottom of it. But before we go, some ads. Special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Cabot Creamery who makes some of my favorite cheese in America, and it happens to be lactose-free. So let's take our first question. This one is from at Becky underscore Brewer. And she asks, Why do people eat turkey sandwiches? I just don't (laughs) understand. Honestly, Uh. Becky... What a great question. Yeah, we're we're equally puzzled in some sense. But also, I do think, like we said, there is this lightness. Um, it's kind of like a sandwich that it doesn't like weigh you down at the end of it. Totally. And I feel like that's like the appeal is that it feels light and fresh. And, uh, it's, and it's also very easy to like, you know, throw together. There's not really anything cooked involved. I, at least not that I'm thinking of, but. And the kind of deli 
sliced turkey that most people are getting from grocery stores is like pumped with preservatives. So it's kind of like it's sitting in your fridge and it lasts a long time. So it's the kind of sandwich, unfortunately, that you can have at a moment's notice and um, at any time. But I do think just generally speaking, like it's a lighter, it's on the lighter side of sandwiches. So if you're not like all in on an Italian hoagie on any particular day, but you have a hankering for a sandwich, um, turkey sandwich is a great option. Yeah. Uh, but generally, I mean, I, I'm not sure what Becky's take is here, but I, I, I do hear her in asking that question. Well, hopefully by the end of the episode, we'll have a really strong reason. Yeah, that would be we will have one. Next up is Mary Bell underscore Angelica, who asks, what kind of turkey is king? Peppered, roasted, honey, maybe sweet. Sweet. I guess you must mean like honey roasted or honey glazed mm-hmm. or so- something like this, yeah. which I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not for that. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not me, me either. Um, my personal preference is either just like straight up roasted. So no like major influence of any type of seasoning or I can get down with smoked turkey. Uh, again, back to the kind of humble character of it. It's like, it's not something that I think of as smoked or not. It just is kind of, let me put it this way. I've never had a turkey, uh, a slice of turkey or a turkey sandwich. Where I'm like, oh, wow, the smokiness of the turkey is really coming through. Yeah, it's definitely um, still pretty mild, even smoked turkey. But it is like, it is an asset. And so I think it's something to just mm-hmm. like to consider. I think yeah. kind of the end of the day, my recommendation to all of you, if you're like, if you're interested in diving deep into turkey is take one for the team, go to the grocery store, buy four or five packs of turkey from different brands and do a side-by-side taste test. Like there are some really, really inferior brands of Turkey out there. I like Applegate. A lot of people were saying like, what's the brand? What's the brand? Applegate, I think has like a pretty consistent product. And so if we're just talking about cruising the sliced deli meat aisle, I would say just like do a little bit of market research and figure out which one you like best. Okay. This one is coming in from at Alyssa Cronenberg. And she says, Teach me how to roast a turkey breast. Okay, so I think this is a great one because I do think that if you're up for it, roasting your own turkey is definitely the answer. Um, and it's not that hard to to get an, a, just a like single turkey breast from a butcher shop um, or a grocery store, especially around Thanksgiving, but mostly all times of the year. And it's really, really not that hard to roast it. And you have such control over the juiciness and the moisture and the seasoning. And that's those are the elements that are often overlooked or um, underwhelming in store-bought turkey. So here's what I would do. How big is a turkey breast? How big? Like, it I'm probably just, weighs like... I feel like, like I haven't even seen one that that isn't on a turkey. It probably weighs like two and a half to three pounds, if that helps you. So like the equivalent of like five or six chicken breasts put together. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Five or six. That's, that's quite a few. So here's what I would do. I would buy the turkey breast whole and, and on the bone if possible, if not, no big deal. I would season it all over aggressively with kosher salt. And then you could add any other seasoning on it, like a little mixture of, you know, brown sugar, black pepper, and smoked paprika could be really awesome. Or you could just keep it really simple, salt and pepper, rub it all down and set it in the refrigerator for two days, like 
48 hours for talking because you want that salt to really, really penetrate the entire turkey breast and season it all the way through. If you roast it immediately, only the outside of the turkey breast will be seasoned. So you leave it in the refrigerator for a couple of days and then you roast it in a 300 degree oven on a baking sheet, on a wire rack set inside the baking sheet with a little bit of water in the baking sheet to provide, to like add moisture basically into the oven as it's cooking. We're not really looking for browning here. Ultimately, you know, the skin, once it's cold, is going to be flabby and kind of um, unappealing anyway. So you'll probably take that off. So what we're really trying to do is ensure the moistest breast at the end of the day. (laughs) Two words that should never be in a sentence together. (laughs) A moist breast. And roast it low and slow at 300 until... Um, the internal temperature, which like, you can stick with a with an instant read thermometer, is like 150. And that will mean that you can then remove it from the oven and it will, 150, 155, it will continue to carry over another 10 to 15 degrees, which will be then like safe to eat and cook through. But no further than that, because that's when we get into dry, mealy turkey territory. And that, I don't know how long it would take, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. It's not that long because we're talking about one single breast. And then you chill it down and then you slice it thinly once it's cool. And then you've got really banging turkey for your t- turkey sando. Wow. I, I will admit that as someone who probably wouldn't do that normally, the idea of spending a full, I mean, I guess it's not really doing things for two days, but two, 48 hours. I know like a roasted chicken, you do a similar thing, but. It feels like a long time to spend for my turkey sandwich. Yeah, well, you're lazy, so I don't know what to tell you. Also, <laughs> also, it's like it's not for one sandwich. Like that will last you so many sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's many, many sandwiches. Yeah. Um, I do have one question. How do you slice turkey quite so thin when you don't have one of those, you know, industrial grade, you know, slicers? That's, you know, the spinning blade and everything. Uh, you don't. You just don't. But if you have moist meat like it doesn't you know it just doesn't really matter like think about you know a chicken cutlet sandwich it's like a half an inch width that's kind of what you're doing when you're slicing a turkey breast and that's not like hard to chew or something it becomes hard to chew when it's overcooked i wonder now that we're like saying it i wonder if that's like the best thickness like maybe the the really thin sliced turkey is just it's never going to be the right thickness and we should actually just be targeting a, a thicker cut of turkey as mm-hmm. the the layer of meat. It's a little more toothsome. It's got like a little bit more to bite into. Exactly. I think, yeah. I mean, honestly, like it's a question for the folks behind the deli counter. Like, why are we slicing our turkey so Who thin? made the rules? Who made the rules? Because it wasn't us and it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> but if we choose to roast our own turkey, I think we make the rules. And so I think, you know, a third of an inch or a quarter of an inch is like totally fine. Okay. Let's roast a turkey. Okay. Let's roast a turkey. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> All right. Here's a question from at morganrose.yoga. And she asks mustard or mayo. And I would like to ask her, both. why choose? That's a hard bow. I can't imagine a turkey sandwich with either, you know, just one of either of those things being the best case. Although I will say if we do, if we do want to start talking about like 
zhuzhed up mayos. I kind of feel like you can zhuzh up a mayo sans mm. mustard, and that can... Well, yeah. I mean, if we talk about zhuzhed, then yes, of course. But if we're just talking like basic ass, like we're putting turkey, lettuce, tomato, mustard, and mayo on a sandwich, definitely put both of those in there. The mayonnaise is crucial in providing fat and moisture and lubrication for the sandwich. And the mustard is crucial in delivering a little bit of heat and bite and acidity, which already like is majorly lacking in a classic turkey sandwich. All right. This one comes to us from at Smosco 86. What is the most egregious sin one can commit when constructing a turkey sandwich? Wow. I think for me it's a it's a condimentless sandwich. Yeah, that's that, I think that's that's and that, and that's a pervasive yeah, sin. Yeah, like more often than not peeps be sinning. We are a nation of sinners. Um we're turkey sinners. Turkey sando sinners. That for me would be the egregious, the most egregious sin. And then paired with, and this kind of goes for all sandwiches and it's maybe not specific to turkey, an out of season tomato. I don't know why everyone just puts tomatoes on <laughs> turkey sandwiches like they belong there. Like only put it on there if it's helping you out, not if it's harming you. Right now, put it on there. Like I think we probably should put a tomato on our turkey sandwich when we make one. It's the middle of summer. There's no reason for that to be on there otherwise. What is it doing? God, you? you you have such low tolerance for an out of season tomato. Oh my god, do you and not? I feel like I feel like I'm mostly with you, but there are moments where I feel like despite all, I sometimes will just do it. I mean, especially with like a dry turkey sandwich, like when I imagine a turkey sandwich that doesn't have even a tomato to help get some, you know, some kind of moisture in there. I'm like, oh, my God, it's almost worse. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit of a stickler about it, but I just think it's within our power if we're making them at home to make good decisions about tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're out at an airport, like, and you know, you have limited resources, that's another. You don't need to take the tomato off if it's not in season. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> 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 This one's coming in from Spakiosart. Hello to all of you sandwich people out there. My question is, chips on sandwiches, yes or no? I'm going to let you answer that, and I hope I know what your answer is going to be. On a turkey, yes. I feel like turkey sandwiches are, you know, as with many sandwiches, suffer a bit of the fate of like a one kind of no. And also, and, and this is slightly adjacent question, but the the amount of turkey meat on an average turkey sandwich is just like too much. Oh, my God. That might be the most egregious sin. I think that might be the sin. The 400 slices of turkey on a turkey sandwich unnecessary it's just not yeah it's not required working against you but anyways i feel like when you're getting a turkey sandwich out in the wild it's it's super common obviously to just get a bag of chips it feels like it you know it shows up you just have a bag of chips and i feel like when you're having a kind of uninspired turkey sandwich it is kind of nice to throw them in yeah. there but i'm not sure we need it if we're making it at home okay i respect that i think 
I kind of always welcome a chip and a sandwich. Maybe not always. I don't want it in a BLT. I think it's really fun in a tuna salad sandwich. I think it could be a fun thing here. Mm. Like I'm I'm seeing like a salt and vinegar chip a in, a, in a turkey sandwich. And that's speaking to me for whatever reason right now. Again, acid important in a sandwich. And I feel like that's a really easy way for people to level up their sandwiches at home without having to go through like all of like making pickles and like, you know, all of these condiments. And it's like everybody's got a bag of chips on hand or if not, it's easy to access one. And so I feel mm-hmm. like that could be a good kind of like hot tip. I think the placement of the chip in terms of the stack is kind of important like if you put chips on your sandwich and it's like the first layer after the top layer of bread i'm like what happened like you missed Mm. but if you put it if you can manage to get it into like the folds of turkey and it just kind of like you know layers in nicely and Mm. and i feel like that actually sounds really pretty good yeah it's almost like it needs to be one with the innards of this. It's need, it needs to be its own like kind of like element of the innards of the sandwich and not an afterthought that's like kind of falling off and maybe also scraping the roof of your mouth because it cuts through the bread. Yeah. Okay, so potato chips, yes, and put them in the middle of your sandwich. Here's one coming in from Blanca.nyc. And she says, Do turkey sandwiches really make you sleepy? I actually don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to look it up once and for all. Is tryptophan a thing in Turkey? Does Will Google confirm this for us? I'm sure it will. Okay. First things first. Yes, Turkey does contain tryptophan, which does promote good sleep and a good mood, which, by the way, is different from like inducing sleep. Adults who take tryptophan supplements take doses of 5 grams before bed to help improve sleep. By comparison, two servings of turkey contains about 410 milligrams of tryptophan. So that also means that you'd have to eat 20 servings of turkey to equal one dose of tryptophan. So I feel like if you're an overeater at Thanksgiving, which most of us are, you might (laughs) be bordering on sleep-inducing tryptophan territory. Like, if you're the person who goes back for 20 helpings, <laughs> you might be concerned. 20 <laughs> servings is like one supplement pill worth. Yeah. But I also feel like the reason most people fall asleep after Thanksgiving is because they just ate entirely too much food altogether. <laughs> and so I think the short answer is no, a turkey sandwich will not put you to sleep. And that's that. <laughs> All right. This one's from at Wow Strong. Who asks cheese? No cheese. I I feel like cheese for me. Why not? I think turkey is. I mean, we've said it a million times now, but it's it's such a mild meat that, uh, and, and the sandwich tends to be mild. So I feel like we have to doctor it up with some cheese. And and obviously Swiss is classic. I feel like a turkey Swiss is classic, but I don't think Swiss is the right choice. Because it is also kind of mild. I wonder if this is a moment for like a habanero cheddar. Mm. Is that so specific? Like some kind or like a pepper jack or pepper jack variant. Yeah. Something like that. I kind of like that. I, I feel like there's this is a place for the that to shine because it's not competing with a lot of other stuff and it can it can really do some some heavy lifting in the flavor department. Yeah, I think it's like play around, let let the cheese shine, play around with different the different flavors and go something full flavored, like tend towards something sharper and more f- full flavored than something mild. 
like don't get me started on provolone but like uh, the the pairing of turkey and provolone is like disastrous when it comes to this sandwich because they're just not doing each other any favors wholeheartedly agree okay this one's coming in from maria joe salgado what bread what bread it is interestingly i feel like i feel like when it comes to a turkey sandwich like there's it's like we don't have to be as prescriptive with the bread as we do with something else like with a hoagie it's like absolutely not anything but a hoagie yeah, roll you know what i mean but with a turkey sandwich like it's kind of any kind of sliced bread works for me i think there are some boundaries to be drawn though like i don't really want an unsquished bread i'm pretty comfortable saying that i feel like the, something hearty is nice oh dare um, we say sesame sourdough <laughs> well, <laughs> i was thinking about sesame sourdough as of course i was thinking about that but then i was like again in this context it's it's such a mild flavor. Like, what if we really dialed up the seediness and went beyond sesame and we've got the, you know, pepitas and poppy and, and you know, all the different seeds in like a very seedy, nice sourdough loaf. Okay, well, what do you think about this idea? And this is technically, I guess, maybe in the squish bread category, but pumpernickel. Oh, Wow. Yes, but it doesn't have to be squishy. We could just do good pumpernickel. Good pumpernickel But I bread. love the idea. Feels like yeah. so or right. Like, yeah, and suddenly I'm like remembering like that this is actually kind of classic with when you get like a turkey sandwich on the marbled rye pumpernickel or... rye. I'm not saying that's a good idea, but it just reminded me of that. Yeah, it, for, for whatever reason, pumpernickel and turkey is calling my name right now. And I feel when we make our sandwich, that shall be the bread. Okay. I'm on board with that. But I want seeds on there, too. So we're going to put some seeds on. Okay, fine. We'll lacquer some seeds onto it. (laughs) (laughs) Or focaccia feels fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, I also didn't think of that. That feels really fun, I feel like with focaccia, we're going to have to really... Well, with thick turkey and then, like, some some kind of spicy cheese to, like, really uh, kind of boost the moisture... So that like, you know, as you as you get those bites, they like really are able to like help you through a a thicker bread type. I feel like that's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Maybe rosemary or something on the focaccia. So you're feeling the focaccia. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn between a seedy pump. I'm torn too. Let's do focaccia. I feel like I feel like it's a great way to like change the the vibe of a turkey sandwich. Okay, great. I love it. Right. It's like it's a it's a totally new, renewed interest for me in the turkey if it's on focaccia. Great. And that's all we need. We're just trying to renew everyone's interest in the turkey sandwich. So focaccia it is, which brings us to the next part of the show, which is the part in which we design our ultimate turkey sandwich. So we just landed on focaccia as the bread of choice, which we both feel really good about. What about olives? Yeah, could could be interested in that, but it really depends on what happens on the inside. And I want to talk about mm-hmm. that. And I think before we even get to the turkey and everything, because there, there are honestly like kind of limited options when it comes to that. Let's talk about just the general sort of like flavor profile and direction that we want to go with this sandwich in terms of the condiments and the other things that are filling it out. Mm-hmm. I want something spicy. Something along the lines of a spicy salsa verde or chimichurri like an herby scallion-y 
uh, like sliced chilies and parsley and cilantro type of situation that also then gets stirred into mayonnaise. Mm. So it's like a spicy green chimichurri mayo. Mm. That sounds so delicious. Oh my God, really? Because one time I made you chicken with chimichurri and you basically like scoffed <laughs> at me and you were like, oh, this, this green sauce, like you can do better than that. Chicken and green sauce. <sighs> And so now I'm like, oh God, never make green sauce around him again. That is that was purely for show. I love oh, it. And then proceeded to like slam the whole thing. <laughs> okay. And then in the turkey category, or let's let's talk about other other things. Like, do we want to put pickles? We want to put greens. Like I, I think that's a great place to explore like other textures. So what kind of greens are we putting on there? Is it little gems? Because I, I feel like it is. Something like that. Or watercress was like kind of calling just, but maybe it's too much with the green chimichurri mayo to like go more green. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's redundant almost. Yeah. And and I what I like about the little gems is like the ribs and the potential for a little bit of crunch there. Okay. I'm I'm game. I'm also thinking about two things. Uh, one, tomatoes. Obviously, we've we've you know alluded to this. I think yeah, I think like they could be good. It, like... And uh, you know, while I am generally in favor of keeping things simpler, I somehow feel like, and and I'm sure listeners out there are thinking this too. What is the status of avocado in a turkey? And I, I, I you know you're not going to like it, but just hear me out and then shoot me down after. <laughs> so I feel like avocado okay, has a lot of fat, obviously, which I think is a good complement for uh, for turkey, which is a very lean meat. Um, and I feel like if you get a really nicely ripe avocado, it's, it's not so, um, you know, gushy as like a mayonnaise condiment. Uh, it still has a tiny bit of toothiness mm-hmm. if you, you know, cut it in a little, you know, uh, like shingle, uh, shingle it. And I feel like mm-hmm. it, it adds a layer of, of slick and, uh, you know, kind of all those mm-hmm. things that can be nice. Okay, fine. Wow, nice one. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, you sold it. And also, like... I feel like I can't finish this entire podcast without having talked about or at least been open to avocado on a single sandwich. And so this is okay. going to be the one for me. I think you're going to be convinced. It's a good idea. And then I really want to put potato yes. chips in it. Do you feel like that's not something you want? Like salt and vinegar potato chips? Let's go. Let's do it. I feel like it also, now that we've committed to a avocado, that's like a nice textural counterpoint, uh, you know, because it's going to get a little bit... Uh, you know, more bound, smooshy, and, more smooshy, and now we have something to to disrupt the, all that smooshiness, which is great. Last question is cheese, which we've talked about a bit, and now now we've got a pretty jam packed sandwich. I say f the cheese. I was just gonna say that. I was like, is it gonna get to just be overwhelming? And I I hate to see the habanero cheddar go, but I just kind of think we've we've done too much already. We have. And I think when we open the door to the avocado, we close the door to the cheese. Oof. You're going to put that on <laughs> me, huh? <laughs> yep. Um, because also we need to talk about the turkey. And are we getting deli sliced turkey or am I going to roast a turkey breast? No, we are roasting a turkey. I want to know. 
because we because okay. we wanted thick cut. I want yeah. a thick cut. I'm I'm imagining like a big, you know, third of an inch cut turkey rest okay. uh, as like okay. the core component, and I'm really excited about it. Then I'm gonna do like a pretty simple, maybe some kind of like an herb rub because to because we're doing this like herby chimichurri but a pretty simple seasoning on it and i will roast it for us and you will see the ways of the house made roast turkey okay one last thing like we haven't talked about pickles (laughs) pickles pickles are just should be around they should be about table stakes pickles are about when you eat a turkey sandwich do you know what honestly i actually wish we had Pickled green tomatoes instead of tomatoes. Doesn't you're thinking, that feel like you're thinking of that salty BLT yes, again? Am. Yes, yes, you I are. am. And I'm uh, feeling like maybe that would have been the solution. I'm. I'm. We could. It. We. I could. Here's what I'll do. I'll pick up some like firm tomatoes, some nice like firm heirlooms that are mm-hmm. barely ripe, and we'll just quick pickle them. So we'll just like douse them in a little bit of vinegar, salt, and sugar, and let them like marinate in that. And that'll be like a really like cheaters quick pickle. And that'll be the tomato and pickle option. Great. All right. We have a sandwich and I am so jazzed to eat this. Like we have come so far since the beginning of this episode. Honestly, I I feel like if we pull this sandwich off, we will have succeeded in our mission to renew faith in the universe and enthusiasm in the turkey sandwich. I need to go find a turkey breast now. Ah! Okay, well, it's just me at home alone here. And apparently I'm just gonna make this turkey by myself because the big dog isn't coming for another two days and I need to prep it two days in advance and I'm not sure why I agreed to do that. So I have a turkey breast. I'm going to season it. I'm going to roast it and I also have to pickle tomatoes. It's freaking bozo. Turkey going in. That's a beautiful turkey breast. Yeah, Who thank you that? so much. <laughs> you Not <made> you, <laughs> apparently. Love having a sous chef. Um, okay. <laughs> and this, I cooked this turkey at 325. This, I rubbed it in like a salt, sugar, spice mixture. I roasted it at 325 for like an hour and a half until it hit 150 in the middle. Let's try it. It looks pretty it looks juicy. Pretty, ooh, it's juicing as you cut it. I love that. Mm. It's honestly so good. It's brilliant. It's so mm. turkey mm. It's way more turkey than mm-hmm. any deli turkey. Yeah. For the chimichurri mayo, I'm thinking it's like somewhere across between a chimichurri and a salsa verde. I really want to put capers in it. Scallions, jalapenos, cilantro, and parsley. Okay, let's get this. And the then chopping. like lime juice and mayonnaise. Sign of a good... Mayo splooge. (laughs) (laughs) I'll microplane some garlic into this mayonnaise. All right, I need a bowl. You can also put a little lime juice on the avocado and season the avocado. Mm. Okay, let me get these little gems ready. Yeah, just wash them. Great, ribby. Really nice and ribby. Ooh, salt and vinegar chips. Are we ready to assemble? I think we're almost there. Focaccia, 
Here yeah. It is. I'm gonna get a plate. Okay, this guy down. Let's go generoso with that mayo. Do you want to do tomato down now? Yeah, I think pickled tomato down at the bottom. Yep. And this is just an underripe tomato that I've pickled in cherry vinegar, sugar, and salt. How much turkey do you want? I think that's great. Just cover the cover the sandwich, but it doesn't need to be like a massive stack. Yeah. And then I'll go on top. And then I'm gonna crunch these chips like onto it a little bit. This is a monster of a sando. Little, little gem. All right, here we go. Mm. 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 Tell me that oven's not supposed to be in there. Everything's supposed to be mm. in there. It's a really juicy, succulent sandwich. It is, which is not, not what we think of when no. you think of turkey. Which means we've done our job. We've done exactly what we needed to do. And you should all make this sandwich. I love it. Okay, I mean, consider that a massive success. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think our job here is done. So we'll see you guys next time on The Sandwich Universe. Thanks again to Food 52 Podcast Network for making all of our podcast dreams come true and Cabot Creamery for sponsoring this podcast and to Cora Lee, who produces it, and Jeffrey Brodsky, who designed the theme music. Happy eating, everyone. We'll see you next week.